Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And the transfer madness has officially bit St. John's in the rear end. Over 1,000 players right now in the NCAA's transfer portal. And on Wednesday, two more St. John's players were added to the portal when Greg Williams and Marcellus Erlington, within minutes of each other, announced that they would at least be exploring their options and uh, and entering the portal. That brings the grand total of St. John's players in the transfer portal now to six as they joined Vince Cole, Isaiah Moore, Josh Roberts, and John McGriff. That bling brings the total amount of St. John's players leaving from last year's roster to this year's roster up to eight, if you count Julian Champagny and David Carraher, who transferred midseason. St. John's right now goes into next season with the current roster, with Champagny still currently in the NBA draft, or at least testing the waters, leaves their current roster with just Posh Alexander and Dylan Adaiwusu as the only returning players from a team that went 10-8 and in the conference and finished fourth place in the Big East. That's where the St. John's roster stands right now at this very moment. Six players currently leaving, seven if you count Champagny, two currently returning. Mike Anderson and his staff are certainly going to have their work cut out for them on the transfer market now. We'll get to St. John's in a moment. I want to start with this, though. I don't look at this as a St. John's issue. Maybe some people do. I've already seen some people on Twitter saying that this is an Anderson issue, that this is you know a St. John's issue, that this is players not wanting to play for Anderson, that this is Anderson on the hot seat. Couldn't be more wrong, in my opinion, that take. Like I said, there are over a thousand players in the NCAA's transfer portal right now. On average, teams are losing three, four guys. Now, in typical St. John's fashion, of course, St. John's has been hit harder than a lot of other programs with six guys currently leaving. But rosters all over the country right now are in shambles. This is not just a St. John's thing. This is a entire country thing. We haven't even, we're not even a month into the offseason yet. And we've got a thousand players transferring. The NCAA has created this. Whether you like it or not, this is how it is. At least this season. Players are able to hop from one school to the next and not have to sit out. So if they find one thing that they don't like with their current school, they're free to go to the next school. And again, whether you support that or not, that's the way that it is. Good for the players, not necessarily fun for the fans and for the coaches. And I mean, no one feels bad for the coaches, but for the coaches and the staffs. This is, you know, an unintended consequence, I guess you could say, of, you know, empowering players more and more and more in college athletics. Like I said, if, if there's one thing that a player doesn't like, he's more than free to enter the portal to see what's out there and to jump to the next school. And if at that next school, he sees one thing that he doesn't like, he's more than free to jump to the next school after that. And there's not a whole lot of consequences for that. 
And obviously that's dangerous. You know, that's, that's dangerous putting 18, 19, 20 year olds in that position. It's great for them. As I mentioned, it's, you know, more power to them. But as fans, it's 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 sure hard to watch. And and for me as a fan, and for you as a St. John's fan listening to this, I watch college athletics and I get into this team obviously because I went to the school. But part of the of the fun of watching St. John's for me, a program that doesn't land the the top fifty, top seventy five recruits, that isn't landing the one and done, so they're gonna be NBA prospects. A big part of the fun in this for me is seeing guys like Greg Williams, seeing guys like Marcellus Erlington develop from year one to year two to year three and then hopefully to year four. That's a big part of the fun for college athletics for me is seeing that development, is seeing that lowly recruited guy and the jump that he makes from his freshman year to his junior year into his senior year. That's gone now. That's not happening anymore. Because if a guy as a freshman or as a sophomore or even as a junior says, you know what, I'm not playing enough, I'm not getting enough shine, I'm going somewhere else. The days of of of, of even two, you know, you know, the the the, the days of, of the four-year player are way gone. The days of the three-year player are gone, and, and we're getting to a point where the days of the two-year player are gone now too. Because every single season now is turning into just open free agency. You know, it's one-year contracts and everyone's on a one-year contract and they can go where they want at the end of the year. That's kind of what we've developed now with the NCAA. And it takes a lot out of it for me as a fan. And if this continues, I don't know how big of a college basketball fan I'm going to be in five to 10 years from now. If every single year on your roster, you've got five, six, seven guys leaving and five, six, seven, because it just makes it so hard to develop that connection with the players that you form. But like I said, this is not a St. John's issue. This is an NCAA issue. This is what the NCAA has created. St. John's is just getting bit in the rear end by it. Six times and, and, and possibly more. So it's a shame for St. John's for sure, but I don't look at this as this is Mike Anderson's fault. I don't. One thing that bothers me as well with this, seeing the report from Zach Brazilla that there was some, some jealousy between the guys who, who left. And I don't know if this is related to um, to Williams and Erlington, but the, the timing of this being released with the jealousy report right after those two guys leaving leads me to believe that, that they were a part of that, you know, group that was reportedly jealous in the discussion and the, and the praise that Posh Alexander and Julian Champagny were getting. And to me, that's just so childish and so immature. Posh Alexander and Julian Champagny got the praise that they got because they were St. John's two best players. Julian Champagny was the leading scorer in the Big East. Posh Alexander was the best freshman in the Big East. Of course, they were going to get talked about more. And it makes it even better, obviously, that they're local kids. So the whole jealousy factor in why are those guys getting talked about more than me makes no sense to me. And I hope that that's not true. No no disrespect to Zach, but I hope that that report is not true and that there's not some sort of jealousy attached to this because that's a real shame. I mean, does the fourth guy off the bench for the Lakers get pissed off that LeBron James is getting more notoriety than him and more praise than him? Because that's like the scenario that we're looking at here with that report. 
to me that really bothers me if if that's accurate and if it's if it's related to the two guys who transferred today or just in general i mean that that just that makes no sense to 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 to, to be jealous of the team's two best players and if it is true and if it's related to the two guys that left today or any of the guys who've left over the last 2 weeks frankly st john's would be better off without them if they're going to be jealous like that and bring that into next season you look at the St. John's roster now with now, I think, five open scholarships for the 2021-22 season as of right now. I mean, a lot to replace. You know, we were, you know, basically 24 hours ago, 48 hours ago, I think a lot of fans were saying, let's get probably two big guys and a guard and, and you know, or a wing, and that'll, that'll kind of set it. That'll kind of set the roster for next year, excuse me. Now, I mean, you still need the two big guys. You still need a guard. You need probably another guard to replace Williams, I guess, and then kind of a stretch to, to replace uh, Erlington. You know, a small forward type to replace Erlington. I don't know. But it's on Anderson and this staff now to recruit. You know, let's not act like St. John's lost all Big East-level players here. Greg Williams was a nice player. He was a good player. Marcellus Erlington was a good player. These are not great players, though. You know, Posh Alexander didn't just enter the transfer portal yet. (laughs) Julian Champagny did not enter the transfer portal. You know, St. John's did not lose its best players here. Its best two players are still on the roster. And and, and there's a thousand players, a thousand plus players in the transfer portal right now. It's on Mike Anderson. It's on this entire staff to find some that would be upgrades over Greg Williams, over Marcellus Arlington. Because like I mentioned, these are not great players that St. John's, these are not irreplaceable players that St. John's is losing. It sucks to lose them for sure because you want that continuity, you want that roster carryover from a team that was really streaking at the end of the season, that had a really nice season, fourth place finishers in the Big East. You want that those guys coming back for sure. But it's not like that these guys aren't back, that they're irreplaceable. You know, it's not like these guys are someone that you can't find someone just as good, if not better than. But again, it's on the staff to do that. It's on the staff to find someone to replace or upgrade Marcellus Erlington. It's on the staff to replace or upgrade Greg Williams and Josh Roberts and Vince Cole and Isaiah Moore and John McGriff. It's on the staff to find those players. How confident are you in the staff that in doing that? I'm not so sure. You know, their track record with transfers has not been great. They've certainly had a better track record with recruits coming in, in Posh Alexander, Julian Champagne, Dylan Adaiwusu, then the transfers, Damian Sears, uh, Ian Steer, um, um, uh, Arnaldo Toro. You know, the, 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 the track record on transfers has not been great, which is a cause for concern for sure. But it's, it's going to have to be good, if not great, for St. John's to kind of do next year what we had hoped what they were going to do, which was be an NCAA tournament team. So sure, the sky is 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 falling, but it's not down yet, and, and it can be brought back up for sure with the recruitment and the replacement of some some strong transfers here. But we'll, we'll have to see about that. We'll have to see who they go to in the transfer market. Uh, for now, that's really, that's that's all up in the air as, as really all of college athletics are right now. It's all up in the air. So uh, we, we, we will have to wait and see. 
but it, it, it certainly hurts seeing guys leave who, who you wanted to be those four-year players, guys who, who didn't you know, really need to leave, it felt like. Guys who didn't have a whole lot of reasons for leaving. Williams, Erlington, you know, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. All right, I'm now going to be joined by our guy CT. We did some talk earlier on uh, Williams and Erlington leaving. So here's that conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. We do have a lot to talk about. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you go first, man. Let's let's. T- to me, like I don't know about you, but I look at this as like way more of a of a NCAA issue than it is than a St. John's issue. You know, like 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 I don't even know if it's an issue, but like I can't blame Mike Anderson and and the staff for this happening when there's a thousand guys in the in the transfer portal right now like like it just happens to be that we got hit harder but what are your thoughts on that right I, I think i definitely agree with you you know seeing all the names that have been kind of um you know trickling into the portal now but uh, how many guys is now for st john's this is mcgriff williams Burlington, roberts for cole moore yep that's six, six. Mm-hmm. and that's at least what four or five guys that were in the rotation who i would say i mean at least greg williams and Erlington had major roles on a team that was fourth in the conference mm-hmm. yep I mean this is I mean for next year we, we have to brace ourselves here that this is this team is going to take a step back I mean I don't think there's any doubt about it um, and that's not even factoring into what Champagne is going to do we, we don't know if he's going to stay in the draft we don't know if he's going to come back um, I would probably say it's 50-50 right now yeah um, you know just from what I'm seeing and, and you know talking with different people but mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, what, what do you think about this whole um, thing? I'm I'm concerned. Like, like I don't know if, if you can necessarily say right off the bat that we're going to take a step back. I mean, obviously, with the roster that we have right now, yes, with only, you know, Posh and Wusu coming back. Um, to me, though, it, it depends on, you know, what, what the staff does in recruiting, you know, on the transfer market, you know, because Williams is a nice player. Erlington is a nice player. Like, we didn't lose all Big East-level players. We didn't lose these, you know, star players. Like you mentioned, we lost rotation pieces. So how the staff replaces them is going to be kind of how this team goes next year. You know, if they upgrade those guys and, and, you know, those guys end up being kind of easily replaceable, then I think the goal of of being in an NCAA tournament team is is certainly still attainable. But, you know, if, if... their track record on transfers so far, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second, their track record on transfers, you know, if that holds up and they, you know, get some guys who kind of come in here and stink, then you're right. I, th- I think then we kind of take that step back into the lower half of the Big East again. Right. I think, you know, you, you make some good points there, but I think we have to think about kind of Anderson's, as of right now, just me thinking about, you know, what transpired today. Mm-hmm. We kind of have to think about Anderson's tenure here going back now, what, two years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anderson inherited LJ Figueroa, Mustafa Heron, two all I would say all Big East caliber players. Yep. We're seeing what LJ just did at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a very good year for them, making the Sweet 16. Uh, you know, Heron obviously injury riddled season. We can't really say much about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those were two guys that he that were I'm not uh, Mullins players or Matt's players, whoever they were, that they brought them in. Uh, those were two guys that he did not have. He did not recruit those guys. Those guys chose to come back um, and kind of have their eligibility so they could play right away. He also inherited Greg Williams, who we're seeing this year was a, a starting level player, I would mm-hmm. say, in the Big East. Mm-hmm. Arguably their second best player. Mm-hmm. I would say there's an argument for that. Yeah, uh, okay. Marcellus, Marcellus Erlington, 
who he developed while he was there, but he was pretty good. I would say he was one of their five best players during the season. Mm-hmm. And Josh Roberts, who was, you know, like we've kind of said this all the time now, he should have played more. He was impactful to the team. I did write a big article about him, mm-hmm. you know, and the team about his impact. Um, I just see now, obviously, this whole, all of this, all of this is contingent on Champagne coming back. Yeah. But I think we, we do have to say um, the players that Anderson had were not bad players. Yeah. I don't think that he inherited. He did not inherit uh, the situation that everybody said, oh, this is, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's starting from scratch and this is going to be a huge rebuild. He had players. Mm-hmm. He had players who were pretty good, who were serviceable rotation Big East players. Um. You know, this is back-to-back now where he's losing multiple starters. He lost Figueroa first, and now he lost Williams, and I would say Erlington and Roberts were starting-level players. I would say borderline, um, you know, yeah. sixth, seventh, uh, sixth, seventh mm-hmm. uh, rotation spots on, on a team. But, I mean, if we're grading him, you know, obviously this rule is, is tough. Yeah. But just seeing now, I mean, I can't say that he's done a – I can't say he's knocked it out of the park. No. That he's been here, I just I can't I cannot say that. Yeah, so so you sound like you're you're a little. I mean, th- there has to be some blame put on Anderson for sure because you don't get you don't get six guys leaving your program if you did a fantastic job. But I, I don't know. I just like when I see how many guys are in the portal, I just I have a hard time like going out and saying that this is. You know, even a majority of Anderson's fault. I just kind of look at it as that's the way that college basketball is. You know, and like even I mean Vince Cole, Isaiah Moore, Josh Roberts, John McGriff, like all of those made sense. You know, like 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 to me, like Cole, we kind of saw the writing on the wall. Moore, we know what he is. Um, McGriff, you know, was was wasn't shocking at all. And even Josh, like me and you had talked about, like it it wasn't. It wasn't surprising to see him leave when you know it, it was right. it was why was Arnaldo Toro playing so many games over him? So none of those were that shocking. These two to me are the first two that are like I didn't see that coming. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. You know, like these were two guys like you said that would have been either starters or high level players on this team. So these are the first two that I think I have to criticize a little bit. Right. No, I think Williams for sure. I, he could have been an All Big East caliber player next year. Mm-hmm. I would have thought he had the talent was, for sure. Yeah, he had the talent for sure. You know, he had a lot of injuries. Um, you know, I, I didn't really. Don got a lot more minutes than him. I thought down the stretch, which I didn't really agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, Erlington, I I thought. You know, I've been kind of thinking about it lately about who would have started next year, assuming you know the guys we thought would come back. Yeah, I thought it'd be Posh, Greg. I, w- I was willing to start Julian at the, on the three with Marcellus and then whoever center they brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, five of your, your most experienced guys and your best players. But um, the staff now is going to have to reevaluate. They're going to have to bring in, I would say they're going to have to bring in older caliber players here. Because um, if Champagne comes back, you need to go all out and try to win for him. I agree. You just have to. Yeah, there, I agree. There's no way we're going to have to bring in all these freshmen and, and guys who are going to take long to develop. Like, you need winning players now. Champagne is ready to go. Posh is ready to go. Those are your two building blocks right there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, but, I mean, they're in a tough spot right now yeah, compared I, to everybody else. I don't want to speculate either. I mean, I mean, I would say 100% Posh is, is back for next year. Like, I don't think that that's even really a question, and, and Wusu, too. Right. But with... with Julian, like, 
like like you said, like unless they make these additions to this to this roster right now that are going to try to win, you know, immediately be that win now type team. If you're Julian and you don't like what's you know coming back, why would you come back? You know, why would you not even just transfer at that point? Like that's what worries me too. Is if we don't hit the recruiting trail hard here and pick up a bunch of guys who are going to be win now players. I'm worried that Julian just says, you know what, I'll stay in the draft or I'll go pro or I'll go somewhere else. That's what worries me too. Right. No, I, I definitely agree. I think the thing with Julian is I think he'd be more willing to go in the draft than transfer out. Yeah, I agree. Kind of either you have to wait another year. Um, Pittsburgh is not in a good situation right now. If I, I don't think he would transfer there with his brother. No, I agree. Um, you know, assuming I, I did see some quotes about them saying that they want to play together or whatever. But mm-hmm. Um, Julian seems happy in St. John's. You know, he was the number one guy, and deservedly so. He had a heck of a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, it, they're in a bad spot right now. Um, you know, I would say the Big East also. Like, if you look at UConn, Book Knight is gone. Yeah. Um, you know, Jer- Jeremiah Robinson Earl is probably going to the draft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you look at, I mean, Providence, Providence reloaded. I would say. I, I think David Duke's probably going to declare for the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Just from seeing him on, you know, talk about him with the draft and stuff. So, I, I think St. John's is in a similar situation to other teams, but I don't think that other teams got hit as hard. That's uh, what bothers me. Por- yeah, with the transfer portal and, um, you know, guys who are either, you know, going to the draft and whatnot. That's what bothers me the most is is every team is losing three, four, five guys. But it seems like, you know, as usual in the Big East, St. John's is the the team with the most guys leaving. Like, it just, it seems so par for the course, you know. But um, in, in terms of, like, replacements, though, I, I think that there's, my immediate reaction, at least, like, when this first came out, was the sky is falling, you know, next season's going to be a dud, you know, we're, we're kind of screwed for the future. Now that I have, you know, an hour, a couple hours, I guess, to, to kind of process it, to me, I'm not like as upset about these guys leaving because it's on the staff now to kind of replace them. You know, like like the sky is falling for sure, but I think that there's potential to replace those guys and upgrade those guys in, in Marcellus, in, in Josh, in uh, Greg Williams. Like they have a shot now. There's a thousand guys in the portal. They have a shot now to replace those guys and upgrade those guys. So I think that the sky is falling, but I don't think that it's 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 over yet, you know? Right, and the question now is going to become, you know, like you just said about uh, upgrades. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to upgrade those spots though? Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to get That's, guys yeah. who are better than a Greg Williams, than a uh, Marcellus Erlington? You know, Josh had, you know, I would say he had his his moments uh, at times. But let's see if let's see if the staff could bring um, Aiden. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah. Eon. Mm-hmm. Like he is not. I'm just gonna say right. He's not a win. He's not a win now uh, move mm-hmm. for the program. Like if they were to get him, he would take some time to develop probably. Mm-hmm. But as far as being a win now move, I don't think I can see that. Um, Desi Sills just answered, uh, entered the portal yeah. from Arkansas, who was an Anderson recruit. I think they have to reach out to him. He just was part of an Elite Eight team, experienced player. Him and Posh in the backcourt could be very good together. Mm-hmm. Um. I really haven't seen anybody else, but I mean they're gonna have to bring in a bunch of new players now. Like where? You know, that's without even considering Champagny's decision. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let, let's assume he's back. Just, just you know, for the. For I think the, he's gonna come back. Yeah, and I, just I think he is because if he's gone next season's a wash anyway. Oh, I, no I don't, doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, so if he's back, I mean, like where they have five scholarships now. Like where do you go? 
to re- replace, you know, the guys who've left. Because I think we had talked about, you know, you probably want one or two bigs and then probably another guard. Like, where do you, uh, like, how would you break down filling out the five open spots that they have right now? Right. So basically, that first year which that St. John's had, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wrote my article, you know, we've been talking about it too, is that last year St. John's was just so undersized in mm-hmm. a bunch of positions, you know, especially on the perimeter too. Mm-hmm. Starting Posh and Rasheem Dunn was not a tenable option. Yeah. They just need to bring in guys who have, um, like, literally just height and length. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's it. That'll fit the system and also who can shoot. We need some guys who can put some pressure on offense so it's not only Julian um, and Posh kind of, you know, carrying the load. Mm-hmm. But... They're, they're just going to have to start, I would probably assume, with transfers from uh, maybe junior college, even though it didn't work out. Clearly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe some guys from, like I said, like in Arkansas, who he, he coached in the past. But, you know, he's going to have to pull something out here. But in terms of the freshmen, though, I do. I've heard really good things about Tristan Traore mm-hmm. uh, from people that I that are on the high school scene. Um, and Pinzone is pretty good as well. But he's more of a... Uh, I'd say he's more of a long-term kind of guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what, what do you th- what do you think they're going to try to do now? I, I mean, I they're going to get two big guys. I would say. I, I think that they're going to they're going to try to land two two solid bigs. I think that that stays. Like you need two guys. I think with the flexibility that they have with a bunch of open scholarships, you can take a risk on a guy like Aiden, who you know maybe more of a prospect you know, high ceiling, high floor, you know, high risk, high reward type guy. Like, would you agree with that? Like, I, I think they have more flexibility to kind of take a risk now with Def- the guy. Yeah, like- definitely. Yeah, so I would do that. I mean, if he's going to come here, I would do that for sure. But then I would recruit, like you said, kind of a, a safer big guy. There, uh, you don't want a back to the basket big guy with this team. That's no. not that doesn't fit them at all. So, like you said, a, a guy with length, but a guy who can actually you know protect the rim and rebound. You know that that's that's really the number one thing that I'm looking for is a guy who can rebound. So, those are the those are the two big guys that I would go for. Um, I want a guard to replace or upgrade. Rasheem Dunn as well. I still think that you need that. I still think that you need, you know, a guard like you mentioned that can accent Posh Alexander and isn't really, you know, the same type player as Posh where, you know, maybe a little streaky of a shooter. Like, like I want a, a better, I mean, I, maybe Steph Smith will be that guy who they just got. I don't know, but I would still like to get one more of that. And then I don't know, like, where, like where you go with the last two. Maybe... Uh, like another like start sort of like stretch three stretch four type with uh to replace Erlington, but right. I like I didn't I didn't even consider that because I didn't think that that Erlington and Williams were leaving, so like I didn't really consider what their replacements would be. That's kind of the issue. Right, I think another thing too is you know LJ Figueroa was was missed this year. Yeah, I don't think there was any doubt about it. Um, what he brought to the table, other than the scoring, and you know he struggled because he was the number one option, mm-hmm. but. Just the fact that he was six seven with length and athleticism, St. John's did not have a guy like that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Champagny played majority of his minutes of the four, mm-hmm. and we had Greg Williams trying to play the three, and he's he was only six three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say they need a wing player who's in that six six to six eight range. Yeah, just to play alongside Champagny because Posh is you know he's he's six foot and he plays a little bit bigger than his size, but he is also a little undersized. Definitely. So they're just gonna have to surround. Posh and Julian with a bunch of athletes uh, who can shoot and also have length. I think they'll be, you know, they'll be at least serviceable next year. Yeah, like I, I think that there's, there's a lot. Like I mean, I said this before. There's, there's cause for concern right now, but if Posh is back and if Julian is back, 
like they're going to have a shot next year regardless. Like it's not, you know, like it's not all over if those two guys are back. Plus the guys you have coming in. The bottom line is they've got to upgrade now. Like it's on the staff and and I'm worried about transfers with this staff because like we said, we've seen we've seen Arnaldo Toro We've seen Damian Sears. Even the grad transfers haven't, or the um, JUCO transfers haven't worked out well. Like that's my concern right now: is are they going to be able to upgrade? But I think if if they can, you know, repl- repl- like to me, there, there's there's got to be players in the transfer portal that are better than than Greg Williams and Marcellus Erlington. There, there's a thousand guys in there, you know. Like there's got to be someone in there that's better than them. So if they can can upgrade in that in that regard then I think that the, the, the same expectations are right back there of being a tournament team but you know with with Posh and Julian I'll still say that I'm going into next season confident that they'll be at least a serviceable team you know right well uh, yeah those two they ha- if they if they leave I mean the program then it, yeah it's a, it's a bad shape because mm-hmm. those are the two building blocks of the team mm-hmm. um, you would assume if Julian comes back you're going to have him for one more year yeah because he's going to go to the NBA after that um. Yeah, you know, like I, I agree with everything that you said. They just they need to act quickly, though. Yeah. Um. This this is a surprise, but they have a bunch of scholarships. Um. They need to be smart with what they do. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's it's. I'm really looking forward to see what they do and how they build out the roster. But I mean, this is an important year coming up for Anderson. All right. Thanks once again to our guy CT. That was just part of our discussion on Locker Room. You can check out Locker Room um, if maybe in the future I'll be doing some more stuff on there. So definitely download that app and check it out if you have not already. But yeah, just to wrap this show up, Greg Williams, Marcellus Erlington leaving. Certainly stinks to see them go. Guys that we really all enjoyed seeing uh, develop, you know, from their freshman year to their junior year. Uh, Wish them the best of luck. I know that I didn't mention that yet, but certainly wish them the best of luck wherever they do end up. If they do leave the school, going to stink not seeing them here. If uh, we do end up, you know, making, uh, you know, a run next year for what was supposed to be kind of the culmination of everything, going to stink to not have those guys around. But at the end of the day, uh, that's the way that college basketball is nowadays. But I'll leave with this message. Listen, the it's it doesn't look great right now. You know, it does not look incredibly good right now for St. John's to be losing all these players, to lose basically, you know, 80 to 90% of your roster from last season's team, from a team that really overachieved last season. But let's give this staff a chance here. Let's see if they can recruit. Let's see if they can replace. Let's see if they can upgrade. If a month from now, we're still looking at this roster and it's barren, and there's not a whole lot of help and other teams have made upgrades and we haven't made upgrades, then we press the panic button. If it's July 31st and this roster still looks like it's not, you know, in in top shape and we're still missing a lot of things and we're still missing a big guy and we haven't replaced Williams and we haven't replaced Erlington, then you panic. March 31st, when there's still a thousand guys in the transfer portal, when there are absolutely better options out there than those two guys, you don't panic. It stinks to see those guys go. You wish them the best, and now you move on with the guys that want to be here. We said the same thing about LJ Figueroa last year. We'll say the same thing about these two guys this year. Don't panic just yet. There's there's, there's still months and months and months to replace these guys. Julian Champagny stays in the NBA draft. You panic. Posh Alexander transfers. You panic. Greg Williams and Marcellus Erlington. Not reason to panic just yet give them some time that's my parting words 
be back whenever St. John's does land a recruit, whenever St. John's does get a transfer, whenever, uh, if Julian Champagny stays in the draft, if Posh Alexander transfers or something happens, we will be back. You know what? We will be covering it. And as always, let's go, Johnnies.